Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, no commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a, book a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. Tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this Tony Beasley went to school for 22 years, but only paid for one semester. He now teaches families how to do the same. Welcome, Cooney. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for having me. Yes, for sure. Before we get into this huge conversation, can you tell us who is Cooney Beasley? Well, uh... Let's see. My, uh, I, I'm, I was born in Japan. My mom was Japanese. My father was uh, an American uh, GI. Uh, they got married to the left of the Korean War, came to the States. Uh, uh, I attended uh, both uh, government schools from the military and uh, public schools. And let's see. Uh, for high school, I went to the Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas. I got a full scholarship to college. After college, I entered the Army. Uh, spent seven and a half years in active duty. At one time, I was the youngest commander in Europe. I commanded uh, a nuclear artillery unit when I was 23 years old. Um, I worked uh, in corporate America first at the Federal Reserve Bank in Dallas, and then later on with Caltex Petroleum as international management consultant. Wrote my dissertation on the Federal Reserve, and I went uh, back up a little bit. I got my master's degree while I was on active duty, uh, going to school at night. Kind of a record. I did it in 10 months. Uh, see, 10 no, 50 weeks. So we did it did 50 weeks and then I uh, did um, was working on my Ph.D., uh, wrote my dissertation on the Federal Reserve Bank. And while in the middle there, between the time I started my Ph.D. and ended my Ph.D., I went to seminary for two years, and picked up a degree in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, 
But uh, academically, I tell people, I mean, my, my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. I've never busted anybody or written a parking ticket. Um, mm. My first doctorate is in Greek and Hebrew. Nobody's asked me to be their rabbi. And my second one is in urban and public administration. Nobody's asked me to be their mayor. So academically, I'm a failure. But I did manage to go to college all those years and only pay for one semester. So 22 years. And um, so in that process, uh, I began to work with people. I actually, if we go back to about 1979, the Army asked me to do some research on how we could get soldiers into college, get college credit. So I began to look at ways of gaining college credit and doing it inexpensively. Uh, that kind of snowballed until I started having my kids getting ready for college, and I, I hadn't saved anything up for college. I tried to figure out how to do it, and I go, I, I don't think I can figure out how to do it, and I did. First daughter went to college, uh, ended up getting a little bit more than a full scholarship. When I say a little bit more than a full scholarship, when all of the uh, scholarships and funding all cleared her first semester, they sent us a check for $1,500. Hmm. So we ended up doing that. We, and that has happened a lot uh, with uh, our kids and even my wife going to college that we've actually gotten more money back than it costs to go in some cases. Not always. Sometimes we had to pay a little bit in. Uh, but there are strategies you can use uh, to reduce uh, the, the impact of the cost of college. And... Um, you know, and we've we've helped people go to Harvard, Cornell, uh, Berkeley, MIT, the big schools, and plus the little schools. There's nothing wrong with little schools, and uh, or the less less uh, higher profile schools. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to put a lot of emphasis on wanting to go to a high profile, expensive school. And part of the things that we have to do is when we start talking with parents, is we and the students, we have to deprogram them mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you know they they think that. You have to go to a very high-profile school to be successful. There's plenty of successful people who uh, didn't go to high-profile schools uh, or that you have to go to college at all. About 20% of the people I work with, I give them an alternate route instead of college because not college is not necessarily for everyone. And there's plenty of jobs okay. out there that make very good, uh, very good incomes that you don't have to go to college. And there's a lot of people with college degrees waiting tables. And so um, – you know, college in and of itself is not a, uh, a path of success, but it does help, um, you know, but it, it comes down to, you know, being able to do the work. And my emphasis is primarily work, doing the right work the right way at the right time. Um, you know, like I tell my students who and during the summer, say so you got to do something during the summer. Now, here's a list of things you should be doing, because if you don't work during the summer, you're going to work for somebody who did. So, but, you know, there's just ways of gaining advantage. And so that's what I, I when I, I counsel people, I set them up a strategy and say, if you want to significantly reduce the cost of going to college, follow this strategy and uh, you're not going to be in debt the rest of your life. So there yeah. we are. OK. All right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, um, you know, your life with us. I appreciate it. Um, before we go on, I'm, I'll cut this out. OK. But you said something. You work for the Federal Reserve. Do you, mm-hmm. Did you know? Did you know Peter Hooper? Peter Hooper? No. Did that name don't? No, no, okay. No, it right. depends. I, I left the Federal Reserve in 1990, 1991. Yeah. So I don't know mm-hmm. if he was in. He was there yeah, probably was. Yeah, probably yeah. was. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Got distracted. Okay. okay. So you, you mentioned that not everybody needs to go to college. Um, why? I mean, why is that? Because we tell our kids, I mean, I did it, you know, you have to go to college, you know, and I desperately wanted to go to college when I came 
to the US. And so why don't we why don't we all need to go to college? Well, you don't necessarily have to go to college. Uh, most plumbers, electricians, home builders, salespeople, they don't need to go to college. I mean, it's nice that they go. And in our family, we, we had girl, boy, boy, girl. Both girls got scholarships to college. Both boys I put in the Army. Mm. And so, you know, there's just um, – not, I mean, there's plenty of people with, there's plenty of people that need to learn how to operate a forklift. Forklift operators make six figures in some places. You know, most of your right. plumbing businesses, people who run plumbing businesses after 10 years, a, 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 a plumber who develops a plumbing business after 10 years will be making more than a family practice doctor will. Okay. So now there's so kind of a flip side to this. Uh, yeah. Some people say they don't need to go to college, and they'll say, well, Bill Gates didn't go to college, and Stephen Jobs didn't go to college. And I go, okay, you're right. They didn't go to college. Uh, can we go to your garage and look at your Apple computer? Did you build one in your garage? Uh, okay. And that's, you know, and they, yeah, that's fine. I mean, and, but does everybody need to go to college? Not necessarily. I, I do, uh, um, I follow a lot of uh, philosophy of Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. He actually has a program. Uh, to help people get into one of the trades. In fact, one of my grandnephews uh, went through one of his programs uh, to go into a trade. Uh, there's nothing wrong with trades. I mean, you got to have them. I mean, you don't you don't need PhD auto mechanics. You need guys who can fix your car. Um, right. A lot of people entrepreneurial, and I go back. I go back to my mother. My mother couldn't read or write English. She died a millionaire. Um, and so it's it, you know there's a lot more of it that has to do with grit. And has to do with education. Although, if you're going to be an engineer, you're going to need to go to college. If you're going to be a teacher, you're going to need to go to, go to college. But you don't need to be. You don't need to go to college. If you're going to be an entrepreneur. There's a lot of plenty of entrepreneurs out there who didn't go to college. Who will go out and hire college trained accountants, college trained yeah. lawyers, and college trained. But again, uh, you know, for example, uh, people who are in the IT industry, they don't need to go to college. Most of they, most of the stuff that they learn, they learn on their own. So That's interesting, isn't it? It's, it and, we're, yeah. and we're seeing society in the business starting to move away from requiring people to have degrees. Now, on the other hand, if somebody needs a degree quickly to uh, break the glass ceiling, then, you know, we have we, I, I show them this is an easy way to, to get a degree quickly and very inexpensively because a lot of times they're not asking for a specific degree. They just want you to have a degree. Right. I mean, again, I worked at the Federal Reserve Bank with a degree in criminal justice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and, but I mean, the ironic thing was, is that the two major corporate jobs I had, I was hired for what I did in the army, not what I, but not for my education. Cause I was, my, my specialty was, was training and the federal reserve initially hired me as a trainer. And then when I went to Caltex, I was into doing, uh, uh, uh international management development and training. So I primarily yeah. was, was hired because of what I did in the army. Um, and most of the stuff I've developed, most of the, in fact, I'm moving right now, so I have programs and stuff sitting behind me here. Uh, those are DVD cases. Those are the uh, programs I've written over the last 20 years. Uh, different mm -hmm. training programs, uh, different books, everything from how to how to pass the, the, the college boards to how to get into a military academy to um, how to write book reports. Yeah. So I've uh, uh, developed a lot of writing. On uh, how to do these things, but when it gets down to it, most people want to come to me and say, you know, how do, how do you get, how can my kid get into college without, without us uh, uh, forfeiting our retirement or mortgaging our house again? Which, right. by the way, most of the people are out there who call themselves college something, uh, 
their target is to get you to refinance your house or to tap into your retirement to pay for college. And you should never have to do that. There is no right. college in the country that's worth doing that. They may The colleges may think that way, but there's no college in the country that's going to think that way. I mean, uh, going to a high-profile college um, is no guarantee of success. Um, well, let me, let me just ask you a question. Do you have a family physician? I do, yes. Okay. Uh, dentist? Yes. Okay, did you pick them based on where they went to college? Nope. You know where they went to college? Nope. <laughs> okay, so you got two professions where their their education is a critical factor. Yet it didn't factor in your decision to 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 take them on. I mean, no. two of my doctors, one one got his medical degree in China and the other one in Vietnam. Um 30% of the people who are who come are coming into practice in the United States uh have their degrees from from overseas. In fact, a couple of years ago the college that had the highest uh, first-time pass rate on the medical boards was St. John, uh, St. George's in Grenada. So mm. a lot of the, the a lot of the uh, uh, prevailing thoughts about what people think about college is are incorrect. Um, yes, and that's why I have to deprogram them because a lot of them is based on you know uh, what their friends say or what they you know. Here's here's the lead on I guess I've always heard that or someone told me or I always thought that and that means I'm getting I'm going to get a myth. Or a fairy tale, okay? Because and even when parents uh, reflect upon their own college days, uh, the college they went to doesn't exist anymore. The buildings may still be there, but the entire mm-hmm. atmosphere of that campus was different. And yes. uh, so, I mean, you can't even reflect on what you did in college. Uh, the whole funding process is is completely changed. Uh, yet there is more money, even accounting for inflation, more money available today. For college, that money you don't have to pay for, you don't have to pay back. You know, uh, I mean, I'm talking about uh, grants and uh, entitlements and scholarships and those kind of things. There's more of that available today than there was 30 years ago. Hmm. Just kind of know where it is, right? And it's, right. Uh, and, but most people, most people don't know. Most of your high school counselors, they don't know because it's really not their job to know. It's their job to get the kids out the door in May. Right. Um, <laughs> so. A lot of people out there, uh, there are a lot of people out there who think they know and they don't. And there are some people in uh, who are in the quote unquote college funding business who are, I, most of them sell financial services. And uh, so even even among uh, um, counselors in, in, in high schools, I mean, I, I used to give uh, a presentation every year at the uh, Texas High School Counselors uh, annual meeting. And I stopped about six years ago because they didn't invite me back because one time I, I had 40 of them in a room. Half of them had doctoral degrees in counseling. And I asked a simple question, name the Ivy League colleges. And it, there was a lot of jabbering going on. And it wasn't until one of the ladies in the room Googled it on her phone that we get the correct list. Wow. You, 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 Jen, you want to try that? What are the Ivy League colleges? Yale, Princeton, Harvard, Princeton, Harvard. Uh, is MIT one? I don't know. Yeah, MIT. Uh, this is wrong answers no? over here. Okay. <laughs> so Yale, Princeton, Harvard. That's that's where I'm stuck. <laughs> okay. All right. Most people will say Stanford or Duke or Berkeley. Okay. Here's how you remember it. Okay. B C C D and happy. Take out the A. B C C D H P P Y, Brown, Cornell, Columbia, Dartmouth, Harvard, oh, okay. Princeton, Penn, Yale. 
Now, ah, okay. the next question is, what is the Ivy League? I mean, is it just an organization of very high-profile elite colleges that they join together and says, we're going to have our own country club league here? <laughs> what is the Ivy League? I don't know. That I don't yeah. know. The Ivy League is an athletic association. Oh, boy. <laughs> they play each other in football and badminton and lacrosse. It's an athletic association. That's why when hmm. people say Stanford, well, Stanford couldn't be in the Ivy League. They wouldn't be able to go to the Rose Bowl, uh, you know. And so uh, it's an athletic association. And they are not necessarily the best co colleges in the country. There are good colleges. I mean, Harvard certainly is a good college, Yale, Cornell, and Princeton. I mean, Princeton came out on some recent list as being the top one in the country. But, you know, but when you look at the top ten, most of the Ivy – you may have four of the Ivy League colleges in the top ten. Then there will be several other colleges that people have never heard of that will be in the top ten. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it depends on whose list you're looking at because they use different criteria. Um, so, you know, but – I, I I use the list as a reference, but when you're looking for you know different types of the quality of education, um, there are other things that, that people that probably they need to know about. I mean, for example, uh, what would you consider the most uh, exclusive college in the country? Exclusive. Yes, hardest um, to get into, highest criteria. Probably something like there's one in Virginia. Um, Virginia. Yes, yeah, so it's got two names, two people names. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember it. William and Mary. William and Mary. Yeah, well, William and Mary is a good school. It's not an exclusive school. Okay. Uh, well, I, I don't know. The one I, I the one I share with a lot of people is uh, Webb Institute. W e b b. Web Institute. Oh. It's arguably the most exclusive college in the country because they only take 28 students a year. 28. Wow. And if you get in, it's free. I have two wow. students there right now. But if you get in, it's free. And and they, you double major, naval architecture and marine engineering. That's it. But mm. in that industry, in the maritime industry, which, by the way, it, as, as industries go, people who go into the maritime industry, that is the highest paid exit industry for college, is the maritime industry, not computers or cybersecurity or whatever. It's the maritime industry. Most of them are going in at six figures right out of college. Mm. Wow. And, uh, and so, uh, but people like who go to web, it's like going to West Point and being in the Army. I mean, you're at the top institution for the, the feeder of, of people in that industry. And so... Um, uh, you know, and so one of the things that we do is we're able to bring what I call my list of secret hidden colleges and saying these are opportunities that most people don't even know exist. And we look mm -hmm. at funding opportunities and most people don't even know that they exist. I mean, I, I was working with a student this week um, looking at uh, one of the uh, federal scholarships. They have a federal scholarships from the, the um Department of Defense that working in intelligence and one from the CIA. And those scholarships, if you get them, you become an employee. You're paid a salary, and your job is to go to school, and they pay for your school. And wow. when you're done, you, you, you have a job with them when you graduate. Um, I mean, that's an incredible scholarship. That is. You know, it brings, sorry, it brings me to wonder, though, because you mentioned web. It's free, and it's a good education, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Paying six figure. I'm sorry to uh, interrupt you. Please hold your thought. I also okay. want you to address why someone would go to 
And I'm not disparaging NYU, but to NYU as opposed to another college. You know, NYU charges uh-huh. something like 30000 a year or something, maybe more, uh-huh. a year. Why a $30,000 a year college as opposed to a $5,000 a year college, say? Well, a NYU, N- NYU is probably closer to 80000 yeah. Uh, well, I okay. And, and well, when people start talking NYU, I I usually push them towards Fordham, St. John's, Hofstra, because those colleges give scholarships. All right. Okay. NYU doesn't have to give scholarships because they have enough demand. When you have enough demand and people perceive you to have some sort of a, a qualitative factor that's going to translate to you know some opportunity, something in the future. Uh, you know, again, people are going based on their perception that it's going to be worth it and it's going to amortize itself and you're going to get a a good ROI on that. And uh, that assumption is false. Okay. There's more, there's more evidence that the earth is flat than that assumption being true. (laughs) So it's just perceived Uh, value. that It's it's, it's perceived value. And there's a lot of country club thinking, a lot of uh, esteem and ego attached to it. NYU is a good school. Is it worth the money? If I, if I won the lottery, I still wouldn't send somebody there, okay? Just because I don't think there's money is better spent, you know? Uh, City right. University is, is one of the best educations in the country, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, the the uh, uh, John Jay Law School is one of the best in the country, okay? So, yeah. uh, but if you're going to chart your course, for example, if you're, uh, if you're wanting to become a Supreme Court justice, John Jay is probably not the place you want to go. You'll you'll want to go to Harvard or Yale or uh, one of the uh, you know the ones that that produce right. Supreme Court justices. But if you just want to be your regular lawyer, I mean, I'm trying to think of Johnny Cochran who defended O.J. Simpson. I think he went to uh, Loyola, was it Mo, was it Loyola Marymount in California. I mean, it's not that it's a bad uh, law school, but it's not in the high profile law school. And a right. lot of your best lawyers didn't go to high profile law schools. Your Supreme Court justices may have. Uh, but again, you know, it's 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 uh, charting charting your course and understanding what is what is of value and what is not. And uh, uh, a lot of people believe there are certain things that are of value that in the long term are of no value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they're willing to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to to go to something that they perceive to be of high value. And uh, if they take out loans, the loans they take out will never amortize themselves. They'll never get to a point and say, I got more money. Or I was more successful because I went to this school, uh, yeah. and that's that, there's not one study that covers that. There's one study that that uh, I re- referred to a lot. It's called the Kruger study. It was started in 1972. Um, they took uh, the people who got admitted who got admitted to Harvard, and they tracked those who went to Harvard and those who were admitted but did not go. And it was a 40 year longitudinal study. And after 40 years, there was no significant difference in success, no significant difference in income or anything like that. So uh, there are other people that produce some little snippets of, of things to say that going to an elite college has an advantage, but nobody can track it for 40 years like that. And yeah. um, there is, you know, and but it's a perception and colleges like to keep that perception if it's able, if, you know, if you can drive students to their, their campus and people willing to pay full freight. Mm-hmm. Fool and it's money. Okay. Yeah, well, well, I give an illustration. I mean, for example, uh, depending on where you live, you're going to probably have a community college nearby, a state college nearby, and an expensive private college nearby. 
And mm-hmm. uh, I, the, the illustration I make is where I used to live. There's a community college, and if you needed to take U.S. history, community, it was going to cost you about $200 for that course. If you were going to go to the state college, it was going to cost you about $2,000. And if you were going to go to the private college, it was going to cost you about $6,000 to take the same course. Now, the last time I looked, Columbus still left in 1492, and George Washington was still the first president. Uh, I kind of found out what changed, you know? The parking changed. It cost you more to park at the expensive private school. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of people have, uh, you know, differing perspectives on uh, the value of an education. It's always good, I would think, to get a bachelor's degree, maybe a master's degree. But when you start, when you start putting in the institutions and stuff with it and thinking that somehow uh, by spending more to go to college is going to give you advantage in the long run, uh, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, can you show me the data? Show yeah, me the data. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like this uh, uh, test optional that we're dealing with right now. Uh, people say, well, I'm not going to take the test. Uh, it doesn't count. I don't need it. Well, the data says that if you have a test score that's in the middle band or higher, your chances of being admitted are 50% greater than someone who doesn't submit test scores. So if you have half again a better chance, wouldn't it be wise to get good test scores? But then mm-hmm. they, they they listen, they look at the label and say, "Oh, test optional." Well, that's a boon for many colleges because you've got a lot of people say, "Well, they're test optional. I don't have to turn in my test, so I'm going to apply on a wing and a prayer." So a lot of these colleges now have a significantly smaller percentage of people being admitted because double the people normally who are sending the applications are sending an application. So just by the numbers, the percentages is going to go down. Plus, it's an income source for these colleges now because all these people who are uh, applying on a wing and a prayer, they're paying the application fee. So some of the yeah. application fees are going, some of the admissions departments are increasing their revenue in the millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and someone asked me, it says, well, they're gonna, are they going to stop doing, you know, uh, test optional says no because test, test test optional makes money for them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, you said that college debt exceeds all credit card debt, all automobile loans, and more than the total national debt of Canada. Yes. So, but how can you achieve a college education, the one you desire? Without huge student debt, well, you go you go to schools that either cost less. Well, we'll we'll go with, with our program. Okay, college funding. There are five types of college funding that we work with, and we use the acronym Money M O N E Y to remember this. I use a lot of acronyms because I have to remember things. Okay, so mm-hmm. M that's merit money. Okay, money you don't have to pay back has nothing to do with your income. Academic scholarships, athletic scholarships, artistic scholarships, activity scholarships, you know, like cheerleading scholarships, artistic scholarships. I had uh, one young lady just finish UCLA. She had a full scholarship in theater costuming. Uh, wow. and so, you know, and, you know, of course, athletic scholarships, academic scholarships, uh, you know, for example, the University of Alabama, if you have a three point five and a 32 ACT score, you automatically are given a $112,000 scholarship. That's automatic. There are many colleges that provide automatic scholarships. Okay, But those yeah. are merit. They have nothing to do with income. So I do a lot uh-huh. of focus on merit scholarship. Next is opportunity. 
That means you have to do something to get this. Uh, work study is an opportunity. ROTC, by the way, the military provides more than half of the funding for colleges. It's the largest single provider of education. ROTC, I mean, I went to college at Texas Christian University on an Army ROTC scholarship. They basically paid for everything. I had to give them some time in the Army, but they basically paid for it. Uh, uh, getting, becoming a resident advisor, you know, there's different ways of finding opportunities to get funding. Okay? And their N is need-based. Now, need-based doesn't mean needy. It means the difference between what the FAFSA says you should be able to afford and what the total cost of college. Now, one time I mm-hmm. had a spouse and, and two, two daughters in college at the same time. My, this was about 12, 15 years ago. And my annual cost for college was $72,000. But based on the FAFSA, they said I should be able to afford 36 of that. But the remaining 36 was need-based. So because it was need-based, I got qualified or my, my family qualified for all this need-based funding. Now, two mm-hmm. things. The need-based funding pretty much filled up the other 36. We didn't take out loans. Uh, so I got to, We did take out the 1% loan because it, was, <laughs> it exceeded what we were getting our ROI. Uh, but uh, uh, I assure you on, on the other part, I didn't spend the $36,000 out of pocket. I mean, because there were other ways of us to get funding. Uh, right. You know, so there, so there, there are just ways of doing this, but you don't have to be needy. You just have to be in a situation where there's a gap between what you're supposed to pay and what it costs. Mm-hmm. And there are ways mm-hmm. of being able to understand how to how to maximize uh, what you get out of that. Now, and then you have E entitlement money. Now, everybody, every every U.S. citizen, legal resident is entitled to some form of federal aid. And most people say, well, we don't make enough money to get any federal aid. We're not going to file. Everybody needs to file the FAFSA. There is some type of federal aid that you're going to be able to get. Okay? Mm-hmm. Plus, entitlement has to do with in-state tuition. You're entitled to in-state tuition uh, in district for community colleges. Uh, if you're in the military, GI Bill. There's other types of entitlements you get. There's, you know, for example, entitlements for people who have, you know, for hearing impaired, vision impaired, um, some some states will have entitlements for uh, foster kids. So there's different ways of getting these entitlements. I, I, in fact, I worked with uh, my um, uh, one of my doctors, my, my allergy doctor, uh, whose son was legally deaf, and he was able to go to state colleges for free. Hmm. And she's a doctor, okay? Um, and then why is your own money? Every college will accept your cash check or money order. But... You want to minimize your out-of-pocket expenses. Okay. Yeah. Now, if there are some people who say, okay, I'm just going to go and pay for it. I'm going to take it out and hide. Well, there's ways you can pay for college without having to have stitches, okay? Uh, there, 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 are, there are pathways that we've had people come to us, and we, we gave them a pathway. It would be minimum out-of-pocket. And to the point that it, it would, uh, you know, you're talking twelve, maybe 15000 a year, which is, which is reasonable, out of pocket. Anything more than that is probably not reasonable, but it's about it's reasonable out of pocket. So okay. you're not you're not going to have to go on food stamps or anything like that because you're paying that much. But there's other ways of paying for it. So, but again, right. most people don't most people don't know. Even the people who are, who are in this so-called industry, they don't know uh, because uh, they're 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 going with the the, the standard gig of you know we're going to help you apply for your loans. We're going to help you apply for your college. Um, and most of them don't get into the intricacies. I mean, what, they're more like ambulance drivers. They can take you to where you need to go, but they're not going to be able to perform major surgery on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
So, you know, so, uh, and I'm not trying to cut these people down, but you have to realize that when you're, you know, when you're dealing with somebody, uh, well, here, here's a question. If you want to find out if somebody really knows what they're doing, uh, ask them what percentage of uh, the parents' assets are counted towards the student in the FAFSA. That's a simple question. You have Mm -hmm. to contact me for the answer. But if you don't know that, that's like a doctor not knowing the bones in the forearm. You know? Wow. Yeah. You know, know, if you're a professional, you know that. Okay? Yeah. If you don't know that, then you're just what we call a loan arranger. You know? You're just (laughs) there to get them set up for loans, which they can pretty much do by themselves. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you coming and talking to us today. You've yeah. um, given us a lot to chew on, I'm yeah. sure. How can we get in touch with you? Well, you can contact me directly uh, at, uh, I'm at my, on my website, BeasleyCollegePrep.com, B-E-A-S-L-E-Y, BeasleyCollegePrep.com. Um, depending on the number of people, um, uh, I'll be willing to, uh, of, of your members and your people, uh, would be willing to give them a free initial consult, just kind of get them pointed in the right direction and kind of okay. uh, start some of the deprogramming. Um, if I get too many of them, I'll set it up as a webinar because uh, we've had people, we've had uh, like 150 people descend on us in 48 hours. And of course, we're not mm-hmm. going to be able to have an individual. So if there's a lot of people, then we'll, we'll set up a webinar specifically for them. Uh, but, okay. you know, we're, we're here to help. I mean, uh, people are paying way too much for college and uh, they don't need to. Right. Okay. All right. So before we let you go, could you give us one piece of advice for a parent um, of a high school student who wants to go to college? Okay. Start early. Start early. Okay. That's okay. number one. Good grades. There's never a substitute for good grades. Getting a realm of recognition, getting involved, volunteers, things like that. Getting in uh, experiences, working, getting a job, uh, again, volunteering, activities, get involved with activities and in leadership. And finally, your test scores. I don't care what they say about test optional. Unless you're going to a California state schools, which will not accept your test scores, everybody else, although they say test optional, everybody else is going to, uh, if you have a good test score, it's going to be a factor. Okay. And they say they won't count against you if you don't have a test score. And they won't. You're not going to be lowered. But if you have a good test score, you may be brought up some. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Um, Anything else? Well, we, we, uh, I go back to test scores. We spend a significant amount of our time working with our clients getting the test scores up because that is the only variable that we can really move the needle on once they're a sophomore or junior is, is by bringing the test score up. And again, there are colleges that, based on GPA and test scores alone, will admit you in scholarship. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, Cooney Beasley, for coming and talking to us on Solomon Stock. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Need a way to jumpstart your podcast? You ever need some traction? You know, sometimes it's not easy starting your own business, and a podcast may be the first thing that appears in your mind when you want to really get your word out there on your business on whatever idea you're trying to build on. But starting a podcast requires a lot of resources, time, and effort. Now, with the Podcubator Accelerator Pro, this could help you. Now, this is a mentoring program that helps new and aspiring podcasters launch and grow their podcast. So what are you waiting for? Because 90% of podcasters fail after three episodes. 
Do you know why? Because they don't have the guidance and support. So this is highly recommended that you try the Podcubator Accelerator Pro because you get one-on-one mentoring with a professional podcaster. You get monthly coaching sessions, you get exclusive access to online courses and tutorials, and even a private community of podcasters for networking and support. So what are you waiting for? Because you need to start your podcasting journey today. Hi, this is Jen. I'm really excited about Podcubator Accelerator Pro. So if you're interested, click the link below and book a one-on-one call with me, or you can fill out the application form to see if you're a great fit. So don't pod fade. Get a mentor. Hello, solo moms. As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, My mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey. But it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.